0: Finally, (laughs) it's Turnbuckle Takeover, episode 12. Folks, let me just start off this episode by saying I am very sorry for the delay in a new episode. Um, My fans have been wanting it. I've gotten probably 50, 60 messages um, through my Turnbuckle Takeover account. Um, People want it every week. I'm trying, guys. It is, it's so tough. And I'll tell you why. It's hard not having a crowd uh, i don't want to get on here and repeat myself um but the crowd is such an important part of the wrestling show and it has really put a toll on me watching it um i've kind of dealt with it because there's nothing else on tv so i am thankful that wrestling's on tv but um yeah this is uh this is gonna get real interesting here in the next couple like Weeks. Um, I really don't see this virus, unfortunately, going anywhere. Um, I've talked to some friends that are some nurses and this doesn't look too good for us. Um, It looks like certain states are going to allow wrestling back. I'm cool with that. I think that's great. Um, Maybe even if these guys don't work in front of a crowd too much. You know, I, I don't know how this is going to work. I am not a politician. I do not care about politics. I care about professional wrestling. So I'm a little confused about, <laughs> so you're going to let crowds come in at 25% capacity. Well, let's see. If you were going to fit 500 people, let's say at the Daisy Center where AEW films all their, their stuff. is um, actually live tonight, by the way. Uh, I did not realize that Raw was also live. So wow. Um. Ah, uh, cool. We got live back. So we don't know the results ahead of time, which is a big plus because that was one, I think that's one of the driving forces of the ratings coming down is because people are on their phone all day long. All they're looking up is virus stuff. Well, if you're on Facebook long enough, you're gonna see a rumor mill about professional wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan and you have got a bunch of you know. Um, wrestling sites on your Facebook page. Um, so this this could get interesting. I don't see twenty five percent out of like a hundred is twenty five. So so let's say they were to do a show at a performance center. Um, twenty five people. I guess maybe five people on each side of the ring and maybe another like spread out between the second row. I don't know how that's gonna work. Um, but I guess it does, what it does mean is, uh, we're getting back into the swing of things of being normal a little bit. Uh, not too much. There's a lot of states that are not ending their lockdown, especially where I live in Virginia. Uh, we're not ending it till officially June 14th, I believe, maybe June 10th. So we got a long road ahead of us. We've got another month before we even have any kind of real normalcy, I guess. Um, but this show is about wrestling, but I do want to apologize to the fans for not being on top of the podcast. Um, I'm going to be changing things around in the next week or so. Um, I got some mixed reviews on me booking the invasion angle, and the same consistency that I got mostly from everybody was um, we liked it, it was fun. Can you do it as its own show? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do spread out. This invasion angle, okay? And I will rerun through what I've already done when I go to record an episode for the invasion angle. I'm gonna try to make it more clear on how I'm booking stuff. But you have to pay attention. If you don't pay attention and you skim through the video, then guess what? Everything I talk about, you're gonna have no clue what I'm talking about. So don't tell me, oh, I skipped through the video a little bit. Well, what did you do that for? Because I'm booking something. You need to listen to what I'm saying because you know who's with who and who's a baby facing and you'll. Needless to say, everybody wanted me to do it. I did it, I had fun with it. I don't think it's good for just a regular episode. I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna make that special. Like maybe once a month starting, we'll say June. We'll book the invasion angle and hopefully we'll end it around the same time that WrestleMania is starting next year so I can do a special episode on that and do a special episode of Mania next year. So that's where we are on that. Um, I'm not sure when I'm going back to work. Uh, I don't wanna change the schedule of the podcast. I'm gonna try to have it out on the same day. I wanna know what day you all want the podcast because I'm at like, so hit like and subscribe it. Tell me what you think. What day is good for everybody? I know a lot of people have hit me up. Billy, can you please load it on Tuesday? I can do that. It's not a big deal. I mean. Um, probably gonna be like a week behind Impact, but I don't think any of you all really watch Impact, which is insane. You all are like, you blew my mind about that. Alright, so anyway, let's get to this week's episode. Um, this is gonna be about money in the bank. Charlie, what you drink? Um, I was writing this episode down and I was like, do I review Roll and SmackDown? No, I'm not going to. I'm going to skip that. There's no point in that. We have a pay-per-view coming up. I have AEW tonight. This is Wednesday morning when I'm recording. My hair's still wet. I literally got out of the shower. I'm trying to do this before my wife wakes up so she can edit it for me. because I forgot how to do the editing again because it's been a couple weeks. So that's another learning curve I got to relearn again. Um, So that kind of made me mad that I've done this. I should have been on top of the podcast like I said I was going to be. But anyway, so let's get to it. It's Money in a Bank, and this Money in a Bank is not like other Money in a Bank you would watch on the WWE Network from past years. This one is gonna be in Titan Towers. And yeah, I don't call it WWE Studios, and I don't call it WWE, uh, whatever they call it. Some of them call it the castle. I've heard that thrown out there. But I call it Titan Towers because that's what I've known it as as a kid. So if I'm wrong and they call it something else, this is Stanford WWE office. It is literally going to be on top of this building. <laughs> I don't know. This is like some Halloween Havoc 1995. Hogan and Andre, they're in the uh, monster trucks. And, you know, they're locked horns. And, and, you know, I wonder if anybody's going to get it thrown off this building. I, like, I, I don't know how this is going to fly. Like, I, this is really weird to me. Like, why not? Just keep it in the performance center. Well, I'll tell you why they didn't do that. The Florida governor, I mean, when he, I say he shut stuff down, he, he he shut it down. Like right around the time that Money in the Bank meeting this weekend was coming, coming around. Vince kind of got a little scared. There were some new restrictions put in place. And basically, WWE was was in at lost calls, pretty much. They had no choice but to go to Stanford. Which, <laughs> if anybody watches the news, Connecticut's having massive outbreaks. So, um, I'm not exactly sure how they got away with this. It's a man. that's how they got away with it. <laughs> so, I, but I'm a little confused to how this is gonna work out. Now, from what I'm reading and from what I hear is they're starting on the bottom floor, which means they have to work their way up, which means somebody's gonna get thrown in the elevator. There is a lot of crazy, weird things you can do with this. Believe it or not, I was going to crap all over this. But I don't know if I can. Because they're working with what they can. Like, they don't have any building that they could work in other than the performance center. So, other than the whole governor deal with him putting extra restrictions in place. This is just, this is so weird so it's like i don't know if you all remember that arcade game uh was it rampage where you're the uh the rock hit a movie. he was in it um it was like a bear or, or like a gorilla and then it was like a dinosaur looking character that climbed the buildings from the 80s everybody who lived in the 80s played rampage so everybody knows what i'm talking about if you lived in that era or have any clue what video games are you know what that game is it reminds me of that here they go climbing up to the top of the building Boom, 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 boom. You know, they gotta go all the way to the top to win the game. Well, that's basically you gotta knock the buildings down and crush them as a big guy to win the game. This is just like somebody was like, hey, remember that game Rampage? Let's do that. <laughs> I'm like, when when they announced it, I was like, I just kind of stared at the screen and I looked over at Nikki to see what she would say, and she just kind of, she did it one of the numbers. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I see where this is going for a casual fan. Um, so I think this is going to work with the guys that they have in it. So, let's start it off. Money in the Bank card. The Money in the Bank men's is, I mean, Dana Bryan, Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio, King Corbin, Otis, and AJ Styles. Okay. Now, I understand that they are working with a limited roster. This, to me, is okay, minus King Corbin and minus Otis. Don't need either one of these guys in there. I really don't know who you would put. Kevin Owens is hurt, so just scratch that idea out of there. I mean, I think there could have been uh, anybody better than these two guys. I just, I mean, even putting that theory kid in there and do some crazy stuff with Ray Corbin Corbin is just like the, the he's like the SmackDown, like, heel that gets thrown into every kind of specialty match because they don't have another heel on SmackDown. Like, Ziggler would have been fantastic in this. You know, I, I, I just don't see Otis, like, I find it hard to believe when they stick and put, like, not tall guys, but big guys and like overweight dudes in ladder matches, because he looks so silly going up to the top. Like, and and now this is even a weirder situation. And here's Otis. <laughs> like in, in the he's in the world title picture, folks. Let me just say that Otis, who is a tag team guy, and we'll get to tag teams in a little bit. I can't wait to talk about that because <laughs> I got something to say about tag teams. Um. As I did the last time, that we, the last episode we had, I kind of went on a rant about tag team wrestling. However, Otis should not be in a world title picture. He should not be in a world title match. Even if you had Ziggler win a qualifying match against Otis to continue that little angle, whatever, cool. That works for me. But I'm okay with AJ Styles. I'm okay with Aleister Black, Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio. I'm cool with that. It's like 80% of the match for the main event of the Men's Money in the Bank is actually pretty decent and it could have had a stellar match if you would have flip-flopped the other two guys with someone else. So, my prediction for the Men's Money in the Bank match, I'm gonna have to say that AJ Styles gets this big win here. If he you didn't watch Raw, AJ Styles won the last qualified position match on Raw. So, the only way Anything, uh, the only two people I could think that could win this match, and that need to win this match, is AJ Styles or Aleister Black. The other guys don't need to win, and I really don't see them winning. I, it's either Aleister Black or AJ Styles, and I don't think AJ Styles is really gonna get another loss after he just had that great master Taker, he's got momentum, it works, it makes sense. AJ Styles is about to get a push. I don't know where it's going, so don't hold me to it. I don't know if it's world title picture and or continental title. I don't know. Styles is going to have a belt soon. I don't know what it's going to be, though. So it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks. Kind of what they do with Styles. Real interesting. Because, I mean, you kind of had him come back from, like, the dead. Maybe? Buried alive? I mean, what did Gallows and Anderson, like dig him out and now they vanished and they've been released so you can't play the angle that the good brothers pulled him out i mean i guess you could just say it not really play an angle off of it but explain to me how he got the hell out of the buried alive like or or the 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 grave anybody gonna explain to me who dug him out because it would be a great story because it made no sense he just shows up boom there's AJ Styles like a week after he just got buried alive or two weeks, three weeks, whatever it might be, didn't make any sense at all. It didn't, it didn't expand my belief on it. It did not. It, it was it was slow and methodical and just like here, here's AJ Styles. He just got buried alive. I mean, you can't come up with something. His wife dig him out. I don't care anything. So that that didn't make any sense to me. Uh, Aleister Black's been on a dominant run. Uh, I like what you're doing, with Rey Mysterio, Corbin. I just don't like him anyway. I just don't care for him either. Dana Bryan is the man in the ring. He's one of the best technical wrestlers. I'd like to see him and AJ Styles have a nice feud. But Styles is on Raw. Bryan's on SmackDown. So let's see if there's maybe a trade or something. It usually happens around SummerSlam time. And if anybody... Oh my God, SummerSlam is going to be weird. If the rumor... and, And again, we here at Turnbuckle Takeover don't talk about rumors. But, however, I have been seeing everywhere on the internet. I've actually had friends hit me up about it. Are they going to do SummerSlam on Hogan's Beach? Private Beach? This could be interesting. I think that would be fun. I think it would be like bashing a beach. I think it would be cool, honestly. And I'm not saying it because it's Hogan's, like, beach. I'm saying I think that would be awesome. Because I think Hogan would have a bunch of his friends there. Like, all of his... Like, the Hall of Famers, like the Nasty Boys and the guys that our Hogan's are friends with, how cool would it would be to see a Hall of Famer sitting out around the ring during SummerSlam? I think that would be, like, a kind of cool concept if you did it once. So, we'll see what happens with it. Anyway, back to Money in the Bank. Uh, we got the Women's Money in the Bank match. Asuka vs. Shayna Baszler vs. Nia Jax vs. Dana Brooke vs. Lacey Evans vs. Carmella. Um, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I have missed the last two weeks of SmackDown. And actually, when I get off of here, which I should have did it before I got on here, I'm going to go back and watch my wrestling. I am pretty behind on a few things, especially NXT. And I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't touch on NXT this week because I'm not going to touch on something that I haven't watched. Um, because I don't know what's going on except for Chapa and Johnny Wrestling. That is about all I know. I know Keith Lee's hurt. Um, I, I I have no idea what's going on in NXT. I need to catch up. Maybe I'll do that today uh, while I catch up on my other stuff. So we'll see. Uh, this match here, this one could go either way. Uh, I feel like Asuka needs a big win. Asuka has been kind of getting drugged into the trenches a little bit. She's taken a lot of losses here lately. Asuka is a legitimate badass. I want to see Asuka... Back in the title picture, I want to see Oscar win the title. Honestly, I think her and Shayna Baszler would have some fantastic matches. Like maybe eventually get it off Becky somehow. I don't know. We'll see what happens with Becky. Uh, she's been quiet here lately, so I, I think they're they're gonna set up money in the bank, and I think WWE's gonna probably try to reevaluate their system with this virus. Um to see if maybe they can hit the restart button in one of the states that maybe is allowing restrictions. I think I read this morning that Georgia is actually allowing 50 people to come inside businesses. Well, wrestling's a business. The wrestlers don't count as people. So 50 people could actually go to the show. And here's what I don't understand. I know that Disney is closed. There's no gatherings of people, but I don't understand why nobody uses the soundstage. The Impact used to use the Impact Zone, dude. It is, it is the perfect building set up for wrestling, and you can actually cram about a hundred to three hundred to four hundred people. Or I think the most they ever had in there was like a thousand and something. So you can get a thousand people in there. Uh, if I was most wrestling companies, I would try my best to get inside that building. It's already built for wrestling. It's done. It's it's like set up, except for the entranceway. Like it, it's a wrestling arena. At least that's how I've seen it when Impact or TNA was there. Yeah, the crowd was dead, but at least it was better than something. They did react sometimes. Um. So, don't want to get off topic. Women's money in the bank. Asuka gets the win here. This is my opinion. I uh, don't see any other way it could go. Baszler could win. It's possible. Maybe Nia Jax gets a big win on her comeback. I don't know. Uh, we'll see about that. Um... Let's talk about the IC title, Drew Gulak versus Sami Zayn. Uh, I think this is just going to be a good wrestling match. Um, This kind of plays into the whole storyline that they have going on. Um, I don't see Drew Gulak winning the Intercontinental title here. I'm just going to say that Sami Zayn is going to win it. really nothing much more to say about that match. Um... Raw Tag Team title match, Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders. This has been playing on and off, back and forth on Raw. Viking Raiders get a win, Street Profits get a win, back and forth, back and forth. We're going to get probably the finalization of this tag team angle. Probably here, this is probably it. The Viking Raiders, I don't think, are going to go over. Street Profits are too over with the crowd. Um, I'm digging Street Profits a little bit. I think there's a couple little things that they need to twerk like their psychology they're running around the ring they're doing this and that and this and that they hit a few tag moves Um, I noticed they were a little late on a hot tag Uh, that could be the fact that you know you don't have a crowd reaction Um, you know how I feel about tag team wrestling at least these guys match at least they have a catchphrase and at least I understand what they're trying to go for here Viking Raiders or Vikings. I understand that and I get that, but man, these guys should just been what they were in Ring of Honor, and correct me if I'm wrong, they were War Machine, they were awesome, and I love that name, but for, for the whatever reason that some man hates the word war, <laughs> or he hates the word killer. I don't understand why. Um, SmackDown tag title match. Uh, New Day, Forgotten Sons is actually replacing the Uzos, and Jimmy Uso's going to need knee surgery. He's out six to eight months, folks, for an update. Uh, Versus Miz Morrison versus Lucha House Party. There's no way Lucha House Party's winning this, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, The Miz and Morrison probably be the ones to win this match. Unless they throw the New Day a bone and give them the World Tag Team titles. Speaking of the titles, does anybody feel, and, and, and... I, I seriously want you all to either hit me up through text message or comment down below in the video. Do you feel like there should be one set of tag team championships in the WWE? Do you feel like two is too many? How awesome would it be at the SmackDown ta- like, or, or the Raw or, or whatever they did? They had a tournament with all the tag teams. You know, I, I don't care, whatever they did. Maybe they could take the two champions and put them against each other, and unify the belts. Fine, whatever it might be. I don't understand the concept of having two tag titles. The only time that ever worked in the wrestling business was in the NWA when they had the United States Tag Team Titles. If you won those titles, you're the one in line to get a, get a, a Tag Team Title, World Tag Team Title match. Makes sense, doesn't it? So you had a lesser tier tag champions than you do when you have two that are equal to the same value. Really doesn't make any sense, does it? Because who do you call your favorite tag team champions? I got two of them, I don't know. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, it, it's stupid to me. I understand the brand extension is why they did it, but it's really, really, really dumb to me. So, the two world title matches we have for Money in the Bank. We got Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. We got Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. I am pretty stoked for both of these. They both have an angle. They both have the story. We get the Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. Did I not call this? (laughs) I called this two episodes ago. So it would actually be almost a month ago I called this. I knew this was gonna happen. I seen it writing on the wall. As soon as Strowman won that belt from Goldberg, I was like, him and the fiend, I, I literally came out of my mouth right after it happened. So, that that tells, you know, we basically have Wyatt saying, I brought you here, you're the black sheep, you're nothing, you, you're just a big guy, you know, you're, you're not scary. Like, the fiend shouldn't be scared of anybody. The fiend actually should not be scared of even the Undertaker. In order to get that gimmick over, he should be immortal. Until he gets beat. whenever that may be, and then that's when you had to pay off. But you can't do that now because you're just squashing with Goldberg. See where that Goldberg thing kind of starts playing in effect as you get later on? Do some people care about it? No, they kind of get it. Uh-uh, not me. The Fiend should have went in, WrestleMania, as the champion. And that's how I feel. The Goldberg thing was wasted anyway because we had the damn virus. So, if you want to do the Goldberg thing, they should have put it off till SummerSlam. You know, the theme would be majorly over by now. By the time SummerSlam rolled around, oh my gosh. Then if Goldberg lost it'd be even better. But that would have never happened. <laughs> we all know the politics behind that one. Um, so, Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. Oh, meet one drive just popped up. Sorry about that, folks. Um, so, this is probably gonna be match of the night. I'm a fan of the Money in the Bank, love it, gotta have it every year. I like Carnage and Chaos and ECW-like matches every once in a while. I was a fan of ECW, I was a huge fan of ECW. But nowadays, I can only do so much hardcore. Um. This probably is going to be Drew McIntyre winning. I don't see them taking a belt off of Seth Rollins. So, or taking a belt off of Drew McIntyre, I'm sorry. Uh, Seth's not going to win this. Uh, This is just a um, way to get to SummerSlam, I think. Uh, Maybe it could happen. So maybe somebody screws Drew McIntyre. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. Um, That is the money in the bank. I'm doing pretty good on time. 25 minutes. Got plenty more to talk about, folks. Um, I hope you're all doing okay. I hope everybody's got money. I am going to be getting concerned here in the next couple weeks as I don't know what's going to happen with my unemployment. So, with that being said, um, let's do a little break um, on... uh, wrestling for a minute um this is still wrestling but i figured i wanted to do this since we're all in quarantine sorry for going away from the screen i had to pick up these dvds i want to show you so um everybody's bored and i've had so many people billy give me a match to watch and bored. well i am old school i still collect wrestling dvds um (laughs) i know i'm 35 and i'm still collecting wrestling dvds bear with me here I know everything's streaming, but not everything. There are diamonds in the rough out there, okay? And let me go ahead and give you one. If you have not watched this DVD, all right? I right, I'm to put it over my face, but I want you to see it real quick. This DVD here is one of the best wrestling DVDs I've ever watched. Like the documentary of Magnum TA, fantastic, well done. Uh, I actually purchased that at Russell WrestleCade uh, I go to WrestleCade every year. It's like a big wrestling convention with all the legends and stuff. Uh, fantastic show. It's it's so many legends. There's so much merchandise. You gotta take like three grand with you to even have a good time. I, last year I took like, or two years ago, I took like 1,400 bucks with me. And that didn't even like, I didn't get half the stuff I wanted. <laughs> so, um, another DVD. This is a Introduction to New Japan Professional Wrestling from Japan. Uh, you can get these DVDs on high Highspots. Um, there's a couple other ones. There's a lot of good matches on this. Okada, um, Finn Balor when he's Prince Debit, um, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ibushi. Ricochet's on this, AJ Styles is on this. Uh, the Young Bucks are on this. I mean, it's, it's Kenny Omega's on this. This is just the DVD to get if you've never watched New Japan Pro Wrestling. So maybe if I could get it up a little close, maybe there's a little bit of the match listing. I don't know if you can really see it, but that's a good New Japan uh, DVD. Also some more New Japan stuff. If you can get your hands on any of the Wrestle Kingdoms from New Japan, these things last, uh, I got three hours and 30 minutes on this one. This is Wrestle Kingdom 10. And the card is just ridiculous. I'm not going to, I mean, it's a. It's the who's who's of the indies that I'm looking at and some mix of WWE guys. I mean, AJ Styles is in this against Nakamura. If you've never seen this match from Wrestle Kingdom, you need to go watch it. Uh, this is like professional wrestling at its greatest right here. Um, Wrestle Kingdom 11, uh, this actually happened in 2017. I am going online today to see if I can find Wrestle Kingdom 12, 13, and wherever else. I think we're at 14, 15, maybe. I'm not exactly sure on that. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom seems to have the real good, like, the matches that you would want to see. Like, I got Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly from the Undisputed Era. This is for the ROH World Championship in this. I have actually not watched this entire DVD. I've watched the Kenny match with Okada. I have not watched this entire DVD. Um, I've actually just had to order a DVD player because mine went up. Um, And for some reason, my Xbox won't play regular DVDs. So I've actually had to order a whole new DVD player. This one here, if you are a fan of WCW or NWA, more so NWA, it does talk about WCW at the beginning stages. Jim Crockett promotions, the good old days, it is by high spots. It is about four to five hours long. There is, I mean, if you just, just look at this. This is wrestling history, folks. Like, what a great box set. Hold on, let me see here. All right, so there, if you see Jimmy Valiant, okay. Dusty Rhodes, Piper's right there. Like, just such good stuff. So we'll run down on some DVDs for you guys. Take a break for a minute. Um, just something, you know, that's, that's, that could get you through at least two days right there. Three days. So, I mean, I've got plenty of more DVDs. Anybody that wants to come by and borrow them, more than welcome to them. Anyway, let's get to AEW. Um, and I got it written on my notes when I looked down here. They do it right. And let me explain to you what I mean by doing it right. I have never seen a wrestling company be able to pull this off in the history of my existence of 35 years. They have no crowd, and they have it down to where they figured out the formula that works for their show. I'm not saying this would work for WWE. I'm saying their show. They literally have all the enhancement talent on every side of the ring. On all three sides, there's nobody on the entrance, right? That's fine. We don't need nobody. Billy Gunn and his son are making that show that little bit of crowd reaction. Okay, we already know who they are, but we know Billy's retired. So, I mean, I know he's working every once in a while, and that's fine. Um, but the rest of these guys are just enhancement guys. So who cares? If they don't work on that show, but I have noticed a couple times that there are some people in the crowd that eventually end up working on the show. I noticed it last week. Um, I forgot what that guy's name. The guy that kind of dances like No Way Jose in a weird way. He's just an enhancement guy. Um... I did see he was in the crowd for the majority of the show. I do like them putting the heels on one side, baby faces on the other. It makes sense, it's logical. It does what it needs to do, I think. It gives them just enough sound to make the guys maybe at least be interested in working a little bit. I feel like WWE just goes through the paces sometimes because they only have three people inside that building with them and that's the damn announcers. (laughs) So uh, we do have the TNT title tournament. A little interesting tidbit about TNT. TNT wanted that belt. Does that tell you anything folks? TNT wanted that belt. Uh, I think it was smart for them to do a tournament during the virus because the finals are going to be at double or nothing which is going to be Kenny and Lance Archer and that makes sense if anybody's been watching AEW for the past two months. They're in a feud. Makes sense. Probably won't see Jake which is unfortunate. Um, due to the virus stuff. Um, Cody had a sit-down interview with Tony Schiavone. A few days ago, it got posted on YouTube. And I thought it was just a fantastic interview. Like, it was about six, seven minutes long, but he hit every point, he said everything he needed to say to get his self and that angle over. And Cody is on another level, folks. I am excited for the Matt Hardy Jericho feud to expand tonight. Uh, This is gonna get hot when the crowd gets involved. When this crowd comes back to AEW, I cannot wait. Uh, I will say this, I have noticed in the last couple weeks, Moxley has done a few things, but they are keeping him real down low. So it's cool because really, there's nothing really to get into now. That's basically AEW. Uh, that's really what's going on. Uh, AEW has really been just going through the paces of this tor- this, this tournament. Uh, I can't wait for the Lucha Bros to return and Neville and those kind of guys. I do see it hurting the product a little bit if some of these guys can't get away from their other countries. But we understand we're in a pandemic. That's AEW. Let's go into Impact Wrestling. I cannot believe I'm about to say this. Congratulations to Impact Wrestling. And let me tell you why. For the first time in almost nine years, they trended on Twitter for Rebellion. If you did not watch Rebellion, I suggest you pay the $7.99, get your butt on the Impact app, and go watch the two-part Rebellion series. I was really worried about Impact not working with a crowd, but they did it right. They got it right. Um, I don't know if they did some sound tricks, because I think there was only a few people in the crowd, Um, but the way that the show came off was really well done. I was impressed. Um, Willie Mack won the X Division title. That's good. Uh, You know, we're... We're looking at a a Willie Matt Chris Bay angle and I'm excited because that match is gonna be ecstatic. Like it's it's gonna be just off the chain. Um, It was trending worldwide, it drew a lot of good press. Um, I like the direction Impact is going. I see Tessa getting the belt taken off of her very soon. Very soon, probably at the next pay-per-view. I would say that Tessa's probably going to lose the belt. Um, Impact is also adding their own tournament. Uh, Raju uh, from Bezzy Hit Squad is going to be taking on Trey in the first round. This is for a number one contender for a world title. Uh, I, I didn't really agree with how they booked this after I looked down at it the rundown of matches. Ken Shamrock and Rhino makes no sense to me unless something happened on Impact last night that I missed because these guys are both babyfaces, although Rhino should be the dirty heel because Rhino is awesome as a badass heel. And wherever, or however, or whoever told him it'd be a good idea if he turned babyface they were wrong a long time ago, and it cost Rhino his career because Rhino is garbage as a babyface, the man as a heel. Could you imagine the rookie Rhino coming back? Like, if they actually, like, Impact has touched on it. They've, like, tweaked with it. Like, they haven't really gave him the full reign of being Rhino, where he just comes out and beats the shit out of everybody. Because Rhino's still in shape. Yeah, Rhino's, like, 40-something. But Rhino can still go. He can still have matches. If you put him in the right, like, scenario. So, uh, if my buddy Craig's watching, sorry, Craig, it's lit time. Oh, it's way early in the morning, folks. It is ten o'clock in the morning. I don't even know why I'm awake. I didn't go to bed till about three thirty in the morning. <laughs> so I don't even know why I'm functioning right now. Because of you, you guys wanted a podcast. I'm gonna get Nikki to help me out again today with my thumbnails and all that. So hopefully there won't be a delay, I won't have to wait for her because I'm gonna sit down and pay attention to what she tells me. So I got an awesome top five from a professional wrestler. This came from a professional wrestler this week. This top five is the top five managers of all time. <sighs> I struggled with this one too. <laughs> like I struggled bad. Like if you could see my paper, I have literally because I use uh, I use these magnet like these old school like we used to have magnetic uh mechanical pencils. I'm sorry. Um, I use them. I like them because I can erase things if I mess up or whatever real quick. Um, so I'm going to go ahead with the honorable mentions on this. Um, don't hate me for Elizabeth not being in the top five. Um, I love Liz, but she didn't do much. She was an eye candy piece. She did talk a little bit. She was not a bad talker. She could act, which that's a big part of wrestling but she's not my top five, she's honorable mention and the same thing goes for woman. Okay, woman deserves the top five. She was right on the, she was tied with my top five guy. How about that? I am a big fan of woman. God rest her soul, rest in peace Nancy for what happened to you is just a messed up situation. One of, probably if not the best, Um. Managers the whole time Women wise God she had a look She was smoking hot I mean the, the dresses she I, I think she was the first girl that I actually was like Oh she's hot You know what I mean as a kid So let's get into the top 5 Honorable mentions goes to Woman, The Grand Wizard And Classy Freddie Blassie Along with Miss Elizabeth um, Top 5 goes will start at number 5 James J. Dillon and let me tell you why I put James J. Dillon it's funny because I got thinking to myself I said alright who am I going to put in number 5 is it Liz or JJ well I had no choice but to put JJ Dillon let me tell you why he was the glue that held the four horsemen together everybody says Arne Flair negative it is James J. Dillon he started the talk. they ended the talk he gave them somewhere to go, they finished it. You get what I'm saying? Without James J. Dillon, I think that the horseman would have been fine anyway, but he was like the, uh, he's like the catch up on the bun. Like he finishes the meal. You know what I mean? He's, uh, he was just a really good talker and he could bump because he was a wrestler beforehand. And if you notice, if you go down the list, minus number one, Every one of them were wrestlers before. You see how the annals of time of wrestling works. Back when our parents were growing up, alright, let me just give you an example. Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan was a wrestler before he was a manager. James A. Dillon was a wrestler before he was a manager. You know what I mean? It's it's they they all were wrestlers first that's what this era is missing and we're starting to see AEW bring it back the veterans should be the managers giving a rub to the young guys that's how these younger guys back then got over because the guys that our parents had already seen were managers so it brings the parents together the kids together and it's one big formula number four is sensational queen cherry I liked Sherry. I loved her when she was in Harlem Heat. I liked her in WCW. But there's nothing better than sensational Queen Sherry with Macho King. Oh my God, dude. She, you wanted to hate her. She was like that annoying aunt that she couldn't get rid of, who got drunk. It's like just hardcore drunk. And like, but she was a badass at the same time. Like, Sherry could talk to walk and walk to walk. Like, she could do it all. Talk to talk and walk the walk, folks. Sherry was what a woman's manager should be in a business. Her and woman done it no better than anybody. Nobody. Nobody. I love Sonny, but Sonny don't do it for me. She just doesn't have that grit gritty attitude. I don't know, man. It's something about Sherry. Sherry just Sherry would make you listen to her because she scream at you. Like your mom would. Like, you'd be like, hello! Okay, I get you. <laughs> like, now I'm sure there were some extracurricular activities in Cherry System, but it's <laughs> a gimmick. But um, hey, it is what it is. Number three, I did put Bobby Brain Heenan. Um, Heenan had the Heenan family. Um, I mean, gosh, just look at the names. Just in WWE alone, that's not even good at AWA with Nick Bobwinkle and all that. But if you go look at WWE in '84. And around 85, you had Heenan. You had he was Stug's manager, Bundy's manager, uh, Orndorf. Uh, all the guys that were going to go to Hogan, Heenan ended up somewhere around or, or with. I mean, look at him managing Rick Rude. Oh, dude, what a perfect combination! Like, it gives me chills talking about it. That you had the muscle, the grit, the athleticism, you had the talker. And the, one of the best heel managers ever in the business. I love Bobby DeBrain-Heenan as a, as a manager. I love him as a commentator. But I really love him as a manager. Like, him and Perfect. Man. <laughs> there is one interview of Bobby debrain that sticks out in my mind. And it was the SummerSlam 91. Right before Mr. Perfect lost Intercontinental title to Texas Tornado. If you've ever watched that interview, you all know what I'm talking about. Go listen to him talk about the hick trailer parks in Texas. I never laugh so hard even as a kid. So Bobby Brownie is great with his one-liners, his catchphrases, and he's Bobby Heenan. Period. Uh, number two, and the reason I put this guy number two is because he deserves to be number two, and this is Paul Bear. Paul Bear got the Undertaker character over to the next level. If he did not have Paul Bearer and have someone to talk to that Undertaker, or someone to talk for him, that Undertaker character would have never worked. And it's funny. Paul Bearer owns a funeral parlor. It's so creepy if you really think about it. So creepy, God rest his soul, but it was creepy. The fact that he owned a funeral parlor, but his gimmick is, is really a, a funeral processer. I'm assuming. That's what I always got out of it. I mean, he's the one that always brought the casket down to the ring. <laughs> so, uh, Paul Bear was amazing. What a way to play a gimmick. You wanna learn how to play a gimmick? Go watch Paul, Hain- or, uh, I'm sorry, Paul Bearer actually do that Paul Bear gimmick. It's, it's classic. You, you can't ask for anything better. You really, really can't until we get to number one. And if you all don't think or know who I'm going to put as number one, and you don't know me very well, Jim Cornette. If you did not hate Jim Cornette, if you did not want to kill him by the time you got done hearing him talk, then I don't know what could piss you off because he made me so mad as a kid. Now, I like the Midnight Express. I always thought their finisher was cool. I always wanted to do the rocket launcher from the top rope in wrestling, and I never got to do it. I had one opportunity, and I didn't get to do it. I have actually, believe it or not, as small as I am, I have never hit a move off the top that I can remember in any match I ever had. I think I hit like a spinning DDT off the top one time. And I love jumping off the top when I was on trampoline I'd be one that flies like you know what I mean like it's really weird but Jim Cornette knew how to use the tennis racket he knew how to piss you off his fans he knew how to make his guys look good and he knew the right time with tag team psychology tag team psychology folks I lost started in the professional wrestling business. I'm not repeating myself after the last podcast. You all know how I feel about this tag team wrestling bull crap. But he would get the attention of the ref. The the ref's like, what are you doing? Get off the apron. Meanwhile, Conry or Stan Lee and and Eaton are just beating him away, using all kinds of stuff, hitting him with the tennis racket, maybe hitting him with a chair. I mean. It just made sense, and the whole Rock and Roll Express thing wasn't. It made sense. I mean, what it was one of the most iconic Jim Crockett promotions, like, video package you see? Is the one at the start of the VHS tapes when Jim Cornette is falling from the scaffold and he breaks his leg and his ankle and shatters everything into pieces. But he hated heights and he did it for the crowd. That's why Jim Cornette is the number one manager of all time. And I pray to God that The Revival somehow make him their manager in AEW. But from what I hear, he don't want to go back full time to anywhere, and he definitely don't want to go back to AEW because we all know how he feels. He's 50-50 on AEW. Um, we're at 47 minutes. I'm about 15 minutes too longer than I wanted to be. However, I'm going to give a rundown of the guys that got released and give you a quick idea of where I think they're going. So as you all know, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and I don't even remember if I touched on this in the last podcast. I don't think I didn't. If I did, just cut me off. I don't know to tell you. Um, where's all the release guys going? Well, let's run down the at least the list. Sarah Logan. Don't care where she goes. I had assuming somewhere like maybe Ring of Honor. WWE might actually hire her back, considering her man works there. Um, so I don't see Sarah Logan really being released. I think she's more a stand in WWE just being more like furloughed. Mike Chioda, the referee. Um, Man, that one shocked me. I know he's older. I think he had some shoulder issues uh, I had heard in the past. I'd like to see Mike Kyoto maybe go somewhere and have maybe like a one-off. Like do like a special main event somewhere. Maybe even AEW. Fans know who Mike Chioda is. I mean, I do. Which I was a referee. So I've watched a lot of Mike Smashes. He was a guy that I kind of studied a little bit. Not as much as, uh, like, Earl Heppner and Brian Heppner. I I actually, a lot of things I do is um, kind of like Brian Heppner-ish, I guess. So, uh, Primo and Epico, uh, the Colognes, I could actually see them going back down to Puerto Rico and maybe helping out with that organization down there and the young guys. Or, um, I actually wouldn't mind seeing them in Impact. Uh, That would be another tag team on the under their belt. I don't feel like AEW, we don't need a lot of WWE guys in AEW. Impact needs a roster. So I'm hoping some of these guys decide, okay, look, there is just too many people in AEW. There are too many people in WWE. You know, I do know and I just read before I got on air that Impact has got a lot of money to sign some people with. So we'll see what happens. Um, I would like them to go to Impact though, I'm not going to lie. Or even Ring of Honor would be good. Either one of them, I don't want to see them. In it. They're actually really good, but I don't think WWE had a clue what to do with them. You just make them nasty Caribbean heels, that's what I would do. Um, Aiden English, I don't really know what he's going to be doing. I have a feeling he's going to be jumping around the indie scenes kind of like uh, Adam Rose did. I don't see anybody really giving him a contract. I don't see why. I don't see where he would really fit anywhere. Uh Heath Slater. Uh such a good workhorse for any company. Um I don't really care where he goes either. Uh, I know Cody said absolutely not for him. So no AEW for him I don't think. Um I could see I could see Heath maybe um maybe head back to the Indies or Ring of Honor, maybe. Uh I, I see a a lot of these guys that I don't think are gonna go to, I I think Ring of is gonna pick up a couple of these guys, but I'm not sure who. Uh Leo Rush has actually said he don't need one to be in the business anymore. That's gonna change. He's a wrestler. He's a very good wrestler. He has an attitude problem, I from what I understand, or he always feels like he's not being treated right, which some wrestlers in the business always think like that if they're not winning every match. Um I actually wouldn't mind seeing Leo Rush in Ring of Honor. Uh, I think he maybe had done some stuff there before, could be wrong. Uh, but Leo Rush would be absolutely probably great for Ring of Honor. Uh, I don't want to keep saying impact, but yeah, he would be good for the X Division. Uh, They need some more X Division guys. They're kind of lackluster. They just started signing some, but that would be a huge name to put the X Division title on and get maybe some uh, press rolling. Uh, Kurt Hawkins, he's going to AEW with Ryder. We all know the situation with Ryder and Cody. They're really good friends. Uh, That's happening. So I can mark him off the list, too, because, I mean, Ryder's definitely going with him. Uh, EC3, I have heard AEW. I don't want him to go to AEW. It doesn't make any sense. Um, he is Impact through and through. It makes sense. The, the gimmick makes sense. Same thing with Drake Maverick. He needs to go back as Rockstar Spud with EC3 at the same time. Uh, Eric Young needs to be going back to Impact or maybe Ring of Honor to work some of these young guys and help them out. Uh, he's only got about two or three years left. Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson are probably gonna be heading back to New Japan. I don't see them sticking around unless they do. They're gonna get paid a lot of money by AEW to maybe do an angle with the Bullet Club, which would be fantastic. Uh, Rusev, I see AEW. He's the one guy from this whole release set that I see AEW maybe being able to do something with. The problem is you can't call him Rusev. And the problem with that, you're not gonna get Rusev Day. So you better come up with a good name that makes sense and is catchy. And the last but not least, Kurt Angle has been released. Kurt is now retired from the ring. I see him becoming an agent somewhere. That is where all the release guys are going, in my opinion. Thank you for joining the Turnbuckle Takeover podcast episode 12. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Please hit that subscribe button. I'm so close to, I think, 25 subscriptions, 30 subscriptions. I'm not sure. Um, I will see you next week. Probably around Tuesday is where I'm going to start doing it. Um, Sounds like a good day to really film it and edit it on Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. Uh, Enjoy AEW tonight. I'm going to catch up on NXT. I'm going to catch up on things I've missed. I'm about to go out in the living room right now and start on it. Uh, Love you guys. Please stay safe, everybody. Please. And if you're doing anything right, stay at home so we can get this over with. To the people who aren't listening, shame on you. Y'all have a great day. Enjoy life. This has been the Turnbuckle Takeover.